It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm one of the CFPs on the program, also your host. Here with me in the KFG studios, still mission Josh Gregory, but with me in the KFG studios, my business partner and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn. Yes, uh, we are happy to be here with you, Mike. <laughs> Thanks. <It's, we> <laughs> uh, it is tax season again. And this comes with a host of new rules, just like the last several. And what tax planning strategies should you be on the lookout for this tax season and ready to implement before you file your taxes? That and more on this hour of the Wise Money Show. Hoping to hit some questions as well. You can submit them to us a few different ways. You can call or text 574 222 2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com. Submit questions right there. Also get a whole bunch of other information about the firm and about the show. Um, and then all of our social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. Lots of engagement, lots of questions come that way. So feel free to engage with us there. So all right, are you gearing up for tax season? I, I think some people have already filed, but most likely you've been collecting documents. You've been stuffing them somewhere. I've changed my strategy over the past couple of years. They come in and I snap, I take a picture of them and just, just scan them actually right into this electronic folder. But um, hopefully you've got a plan for getting your taxes prepared. If you don't, our team can help. Just know that we've got a team of CFPs and other uh, other financial and tax professionals that, oh gosh, we do 4,000 tax returns or, or more or whatever. So happy to help. Just reach out to us any of those ways that I mentioned. Today's show, though, we want to talk about tax planning, which is different than tax preparation. Tax preparation is like where it all comes out. Like that. that's just taking the right number and getting it in the right box. Planning for your taxes is the work that you do all throughout the year to like the result of tax preparation. What what opportunities exist for you to improve your tax situation? We always say pay the least amount of tax over your lifetime. And which of those opportunities should you implement? Well, implement the ones that make sense in all six areas of your financial life. Um, lastly, before I get out the soapbox here, um, when you're doing your taxes every year, you've got to take three steps. And one is as your tax, before you sign that return, before you file it, you've got to go through it and review it to make sure it's accurate. Okay. Um, does this number seem right? These withholdings, right? Is this right? Is that right? Okay. That's number one. Number two, while you're doing that, you then need to say, well, is there anything I can do right now to make this tax return even better? And we're going to go through some of, some of those items right now. And then the third question is, all right, well, what's going to change for this upcoming year? And is there anything that I need to be doing right now to make this upcoming year better? Those are the three questions you need to ask. So in light of that, what are the tax strategies that as you're asking yourself those questions, getting your return done this year, you should be on the lookout for? Now, two years ago, let's see, we're in the middle of tax season and they shut the world down, shut it down right in the middle of tax season. Okay. Last year is a little bit better. They didn't shut the world down. They just changed all of the rules <laughs> middle of March. <laughs> Oh, uh, unemployment, by the way, not going to be taxable anymore and blah, 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 blah. So who knows what we're in store for? Yeah. This, you're, this time. You're, I'm, like, I've got my seatbelt on. I'm wearing a belt and suspenders. Who knows? Yeah, I, I'm wearing coveralls. <laughs> um, yes, you are. Uh, so yeah. if you think about that, Mike, the the changes that came, and it, not, not just that, but the ad, advanced premium tax credit 
that you were thinking, hey, I made too much money. I'm going to have to pay that back. Nope. Didn't have to pay that back. Yep. And all of the rules changed. Now, in, so in 2020, they moved the filing date back. In 2021, they moved the filing date back. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in 2022. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. All right. So what strategies should you be on the lookout for this year? And we're going to start with the ones that are unique to this year as of right now. And we just said the rules could all change. Um, but way, way, way back when, gosh, seems like so long ago, they were printing money and just giving it to everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was known as uh, what? Economic relief payments or uh, economic impact payments. I don't know. They come up with some spin, but it's helicopter money, as what it used to be called in the in the financial world. And um, what was the uh, the the third one? So you got a couple of these in 2020, and then you got one more if you're eligible in 2021. And what these are, guys, these are tax credits that they're paying out to you in advance if they think you'll qualify. Well, what happens if they paid you one and you didn't actually qualify? Or what happens if you actually did qualify, but they never gave you one, right? There's all sorts of questions. You might be a pro at this right now because we had to deal with this in 2020. But it's sort of like Groundhog's Day, one of the best movies out there. Like We've got to relive that again with the taxes. And the third economic impact payment was sent out around March. They started going. Some people didn't even receive theirs until December of 2021 terribly frustrating. It was $1,400 per person if you're eligible. Now, they fixed some of the issues with dependents and all that stuff. We're not going to get into all of those details, but they are sending out a letter. Well, no, they did. You should have already received it, stating this is what your economic impact payment was, and you're supposed to be bringing that into your tax repair and making sure that the amount that was paid to you is the right amount. If it wasn't and you got too little, then your tax credit, you will get a tax credit on your 2021 tax return for the rest of that stimulus. Um, Now, a couple other points with this. Um, This was one of the main reasons why so many refunds were delayed last year. You might think, what? Delayed? That I guess that sort of sounds familiar. Yeah, millions of people were waiting on their refunds for a long time. Isn't that funny? While we're while we're printing money and just giving it to people, mm-hmm. the refunds are held up. So, guys, I'm just telling you, it's probably going to be held up again. So do the double checking here to make sure that you're getting the right amount. There's a planful opportunity here, though, because the amount that you get for your economic impact payment, it's always based on your adjusted gross income. It's based on your income. And if you were, we've talked about this at, at, you know for a long time. Uh, earlier in the year. If you think your income is going to be close to this threshold, you needed to be looking at ways to get your income, your adjusted gross income lower so that, well, I only got a partial or I didn't get all of my economic impact payment. But look, I did these proactive things to get my adjusted gross income below that threshold. And now I'm eligible for even more. I'm eligible for all of it. And I'm going to see all of it on my tax return. So one of the questions that people might have is, well, there's a couple ways that this could go. My situation changed, and so in 2021, I was eligible, but I didn't get it. So when you're, if there was ever a year 
to hire a professional tax preparer, it's this year, especially if you have any of these complications. I know uh, people that walk through and and try to answer the questions correctly in the software, and the software is pretty cool stuff if you're uh, if you want to do it yourself. But I can't tell you how many of those returns um, we've had to uh, amend and fix because it's just going to ask you certain questions. If they're not asking you the right questions or enough questions, then your return's going to be wrong. So it's possible. I didn't get any of the early impact or economic impact payments and I qualified in 2021, but they didn't send it to me, then that should come out on your taxes. What if you got an imp- impact payment in 2021, but after the fact you realize I really wasn't qualified? Do you have to pay that back, Mike? No, you shouldn't have to, right? You, right. You don't. Yeah. But here's the thing. I have met with folks who have said, hey, we just took that money and we put it in the bank because we know we're not qualifying for it, yeah. so we're going to have to pay it back. I'm like, actually, no, full stop, you do not have to pay it back. I mean, in a way that you, like I said, should because they could change the rules at any time. However, you are paying it back uh, at the grocery store <laughs> yeah, and everything else being more expensive, uh, that's why. Okay, there's lots of other tax strategies you need to be aware of, so that and more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What are the tax strategies you need to be be on the lookout for right now before you file your 2021 return because you could actually improve it before you file it? We're going to help you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online wisemoneyshow.com and then all over social media, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. All right. So we first we're talking about got to be planful for your economic impact payment. That stimulus that you got seems like forever ago. Yeah, it was a year ago. Um, It's a tax credit that was paid out to you in advance if they thought you were going to qualify. And Kevin just mentioned, you know, er earlier, well, if you received one, do and you're not qualified, do you have to pay it back? The answer should be no. Um, what about what about this? If you received one, are they going to tax it? We've had that question a lot. No, they're not. Just like I mentioned before, the tax is inflation. I mean, that that's that's it, right? The the tax we're all paying is inflation. I'm intentionally trying to get Kevin riled up here. Stop. Uh, <laughs> well, and, and you know, I've, I didn't finish my my thought on, on the YouTube channel. Okay. But because I, I said they're killing us. Well, they're killing us via inflation. So that is that that's as conspiratorially as far as I will go. But inflation, this is where I would go and listen to Mike's uh, next wise step videos about how do I respond to inflation. And I would just have my head on a swivel knowing that the cost of things are going up. It's not that things cost more. It's that the dollars that I have to buy these things are worth less. Because there's a lot, a lot more of them. Now, because so that guys, this means this means we have inflation because of all the money printing. So you better go out and get as much tax benefit as you possibly can. Because yeah. it's those tax benefits that are that were created that's creating the inflation. So you better get those goodies. Okay. So do the planning to make sure you get the maximum economic impact payment. Now The other one that's newer for this year is the changes in the child tax credit 
and the changes in the child and dependent care credit. Okay, so guys, I, I told you guys this. In the Bernard household, second largest expense is child care for Easton. It's a large number, and he doesn't even go full-time. Is that, <laughs> is that behind travel sports? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what number one is. <laughs> Coffee. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, so, guys, I got the – I got. so they made some changes with this tax credit, and we've done full shows about this, but the limit used to be – on the first 3000 you spent on childcare expenses. Now, as much as I might want to complain about all the monies, you know, that we're printing and spending and all this, I do like this change that they made to the tax credit because that's that's a laughable amount. If you've got kids in childcare, 3 grand, that is, you know, like poop through a goose sort of thing. And so um, they've increased it to eight grand. So your tax credit, your child independent care tax credit is on the first eight grand you spend per child, 16 grand family max. And yeah, his was over nine grand, over nine stinking thousand dollars to have someone watch that kid part time. Right. But now he can spell his name and he can write out most of his name. And, you know, I wouldn't have thought he'd be able to do that at this age. So we're getting something. But my goodness, so expensive. Yeah, certainly he's above average. But here's the problem. <laughs> the big problem here, Mikey B. Like all kids. Yes, uh, all kids are uh, handsome and above average. But I'm telling you, the problem is you have to look at your income because there are phase outs for both of these, both the child care and child tax credit. So, again, I'm just going to push you back to a professional tax preparer. Uh, someone who studies this stuff year-round. and um, Because if if you had a child that did not turn 18 in 2021, so say 17 and younger, you need to be totally aware of what's available with both the child tax credit yep. and the child care credit. And be also aware, I mean, I'm sure you are, that the um, they tried – there, there have been communities that have been trying this, but the federal government tried it in really the first concerted effort last year to do universal basic income, which is just direct deposit some money directly into your account. Now, the way that they did that is, hey, we'll take a tax credit and just give it to you every month so you can spend it. And well, that tax credit was the child tax credit. We're going to expand it. And if you qualify based on your income, um, you're going to get a certain amount, a higher amount, and we're going to inject that into your bank account on the 15th of every month from July to December. So it'll be half your credit. Um, you would have gotten a letter uh, about how much you received, and now you've got to reconcile the amount you received with the amount that you actually are eligible for. Hopefully, they paid you the right amount. My concern and the evidence that I've seen is they didn't. They paid you the wrong amount. Uh, like Jay, the system is in, so gunked up. The place of truth is your tax return. Your tax return, you go through that, and how much child tax credit are you eligible eligible for? Okay, how much did you already get? Okay, you get the rest of it here as a tax credit on your return. What Kevin's talking about, those are just facts and a little bit of frustration mixed in there too. What Kevin's talking about is being planful for those. Because if your income gets above a certain level, depending on uh, how you file, married or, or single, head of household, if your income gets above a certain amount, then some of those tax credits, child tax credits, and even child independent care, start going down. Mm-hmm. Even if you got some of them in advance. Or you, go you, away altogether. Or go away altogether. You'd have to pay those tax credits back. What a disastrous system we've created here. And so the point is to do planning before mm-hmm. you file that tax return. You've got to look to make sure, okay, this is all accurate. Yep, 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 yep. 
if you can do anything to increase the amount of tax credits that you get, you're already paying the tax. You're already paying the inflation on it. So do what you can. Work with your CFP. Get creative. Do what you can to maximize those tax credits HSA contribution, IRA contribution, do something. Make sure you're getting all your deductions to get your adjusted gross income as low as possible. Right, because this is this is where when you're when you're getting ready to pick up your tax return, you want to do any after the fact tax planning that you can. And because there are ways, and if you're right on the bubble, if you decrease your adjusted gross income, you could increase the credits available to you. That's right. And that applies towards a number of the things that we're going to talk about, and there are a number of strategies that we're going to do. I want to hit one other thing next that's unique to this year, again, until they change all the rules, which I'm sure they'll do at an inconvenient time, Um, the universal charitable deduction. Now, this was around in 2020. It's part of the initial kind of stimulus package um, and uh, the CARES Act. And but it, within that CARES Act, they it was going to change for 2021, and the changes are twofold. One is this universal charitable deduction is hey because so few people are itemizing, and we're concerned with how the economy has happened, people might just not give, might not donate, and we could have a crisis with these charities and these causes that are really meaningful. Um, we're going to give people a tax deduction if they give up to $300 for 2020. And it was an above-the-line deduction. So it helps you on your federal and It reduced your adjusted gross income. In 2021, that deduction, instead of being 300 it became 600 Still not a big amount, okay? But they also moved the placement of it. It's no longer above the line. It's below the line. So it's not going to reduce your adjusted gross income, and it's not going to help you on your state return. $600. You can't do that now. You needed to make this donation in 2021, but it's a small amount. And you might think, well, I didn't contribute. I didn't donate enough to itemize, so it doesn't matter. And you might miss this. You might just be answering questions and not, you know, answering questions because you're doing TurboTax or whatever you're doing, not working with the professional and who would really hold your, your, your hand through this and say, oh yeah, no, we didn't really donate that much and miss out on this deduction. Guys, we're paying the tax on it. We, I mean, it, it, we've got the inflation because of these changing rules. So make sure you're getting that, getting that benefit. $600 can't be, um, what do they call it? Uh, gently used clothing. Like, no, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a cash donation to a charity, a charity 501c3. Um, so donating cash to the church or donating cash to a university, something like that. It can't just be a goodwill or a salvation army. So. And if you live in Indiana, you gotta, it's gotta be to a, University. Yeah, there's there's some tax strategies there. We've got more that we're hitting, tax strategies you need to be aware of. That and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. There's still time. There is still time right now for you to take some action planfully and improve your 2021 tax return. There is. We're helping you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. You get a lot of bonus content as well during the breaks. And then also next Wise Step videos, other content that we drop all throughout the work week. So go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show and follow us there. Turn on notifications so you're made aware. And then if you like the content, like the content, leave questions. Yes, lots lots going on on the YouTube channel. Check it out. All right, so every time 
when you're doing your taxes every spring, okay, I don't care. I, we're going to tell you, you should be using a professional and that professional should be collaborating with your CFP doing comprehensive financial planning. I'm going to preach that, preach it and preach it and preach it to the day I die because I've just seen, we've seen that your taxes go from transactional to transformational. It transforms your financial life because of mm -hmm. those decisions, okay? And that's what we want for you. Now, whether you're doing that or whether you're just doing your own taxes, TurboTax, okay, online, you've got to answer three questions. And the first is, right before you file your return, your return's done, but you haven't pressed submit yet. Go back through it. Make sure every number is accurate and you know where every number comes from. It sounds overwhelming. It's not. Just make sure your return is accurate. Number two, then, what opportunities are there available right now to improve this return before you file it? And we're hitting, we've hit some of those. We're going to talk about more right now. And then the last question is, what changes am I going to see in my taxes for 2022 for this upcoming year? And therefore, what adjustments do I need to make right now? What opportunities exist? So those are the big questions. Um, Kevin, let's talk about a couple of those things that you can do to improve your tax situation even right now. HSA. Yeah, if you're eligible for a HSA, a health savings account, it means I have a high deductible health plan, and high deductible is not what you, what your opinion. Hey, that seems like a lot of money. No, it's actually it, with the plan, it would tell you whether it's high deductible or not. If it's a high deductible health plan eligible for HSA, the best way to fund an HSA is through payroll deduction. Well, it's after the end of the year. So you can't go back into last year and fund it. That's an important point because you might say, well, no, I'm funding my HSA out of my paycheck right now. So can I just tell them, hey, this money that's coming out of my paycheck right now in 2022, actually make that a 2021 contribution? I don't believe you can. I've never no, seen an employer that lets you do that. No, you can't. And so you you have to, there's because there are a couple ways to get money into your HSA. One is through payroll deduction. You can't do that if you own more than two percent of the company. There's all again these. We're giving you the kind of the 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 wave tops here. We're we're not doing the deep dive. You can look at what was I eligible to contribute, and if I didn't get it all done through uh, payroll deduction. And these um, these amounts, because I just had this as we were talking with some folks about the HSA, if your employer puts in $1,000 on your behalf, that eats into your limit. Yeah. So you don't have your limit, which would, uh, you know, think 3600 bucks uh, for an individual or 4600 if I'm 55 plus. That $1,000 would eat into that amount. It doesn't, it's not on top of that amount. So you look and you say, did I get the bucket all the way filled up? If I didn't, I can write a check and get the 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 rest of that. And again, your decision making, as we've talked before, in a vacuum, everything makes sense. So in a vacuum, it totally makes sense to fully fund your HSA, unless you should be funding something else. So this is why you want to be working with a financial planner, one who's certified and who can help you with these decisions because if you've got finite resources and infinite options, you need to declare, yes, the HSA, fill up the rest of the bucket, is the best thing. And what, what else does this qualify me for? Does this let me get more 
child care credit, more child tax credit, more uh, does this qualify me for the retirement savers credit? I mean, there's all we'll, ta- kinds- we'll, we'll talk about that one in a second. Does yeah. it qualify? Does it help you get more of this economic uh, impact payments? Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. Um, the, to me, the HSA, what I see all the time is folks that have contributed through their paycheck or their company has contributed, it's going to show up on your W-2, or is it box 14, code W, okay? Uh, I think, unless they've changed that. Um, and then there's going to be a spot, and you're just cruising, you're just doing life, and you know, you're know you trying to get your tax return done. But then as a planner, we sit down and we look, and it's like, Oh, you still have another 500 bucks you can put in your HSA. Why? Because these limits for the HSA change every year by an annoyingly little amount, like mm-hmm. 50 bucks or 100 bucks. And so you've cruised a couple of years where it's like, yeah, I'm just going to continue to save X amount out of my paycheck. But now it's you sit down to file and it's like, hey, you want to throw 500 bucks in this HSA? Um, because you can do that. And while it might seem like a small or insignificant amount, that 500 bucks will save you taxes because it's a tax deduction. And then you can draw that money. You can invest it, number one, and, and then draw it out in the future for medical expenses tax-free. You can draw it out immediately or upcoming for medical expenses tax-free. $500, guys, don't look at that as a nuisance. Yes, find out what did, what did I contribute to my 401k or HSA, how much total went in, and what was the maximum? Is there any little bit extra that I can do? And then if there is... Maybe now is the time that you increase what you're contributing from your paycheck into your HSA for 2022 so that you get as much as you possibly can. You reach that limit out of your paycheck. Yeah. So, um, okay, Kevin, you mentioned my favorite tax strategy. Okay. The retirement savers credit. That is by far my favorite because you're getting extra credits and tax credits. So deductions are good. Credits are great. Credits are dollars back in your pocket. You don't need to pay back. But you're getting tax credits for doing something that you should be doing anyway. Yeah, and most there's a lot of folks that aren't aware of this. And again, we've seen a lot of folks that were just on the edge of qualifying for it or not. And that's where you can show them, hey, listen, if you contribute to a deductible IRA and reduce your income, you do 2000 you put 2000 into your spouses now your your income is $4000 less you just qualified and you just got a $400 bump so tax credit yeah, yeah. A, a t- tax credit so not only did you get a 10% tax credit but you got you saved 12% in federal taxes plus 5% state all of a sudden it costs you 75 cents to get a dollar invested. Yeah, pretty pretty incredible. Now, you mentioned there's a few nuances with this uh, with this tax strategy. And again, for some reason, like all of these nuances, normally the nuances bug me. With this one, it's like, ah, yeah, I like it. I like, I, I like it. So yeah, the retirement savers credit is up to 2,000 that you contribute to a retirement plan, a qualified retirement plan per spouse. So if you're married, and you're contributing 15%, and that means you know four grand is going into a retirement account, but your spouse doesn't have a retirement account available to them, so they're not contributing. Guess what? You contributed that much to retirement, but you're only getting this retirement savers credit on two grand. If instead you reduced what you did in your name and your spouse also contributed two grand, you double your tax credit for this. Awesome. Very cool. The other thing, 
Does it need to be pre-tax contributions for this to work? No. That might help you because it might reduce your adjusted gross income and help you qualify for more tax credit. Um, but this even counts for Roth contributions, Roth IRA contributions. And so a lot of times, young couple or someone just out of school, we're taking a look and it's like, oh, yeah, you're in a pretty low tax situation. That's great. Hey, you're getting a $3,000 refund. Do you want to contribute two grand into a Roth IRA? And that'll make your refund a little bit bigger. So taking some of your refund and kind of compounding it so you get more of a tax benefit. Love that idea. And you're not going to find that idea on TurboTax. Got to work with the CFP that's doing comprehensive financial planning. All right, we've got a few more ideas to share. That and more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. This is the Wise Money Show. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcasts. Go check it out uh, wherever you listen, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, wherever. Search Wise Money Show and subscribe to the show or follow us there. Rate the show, leave comments. We appreciate it. You can easily share episodes if your child or son or daughter or brother needs to hear this episode, you know, easily shared from there. So check that out. All right, let's put the wraps on the conversation of what tax strategies do you need to be on the lookout for before you file your taxes this year? We've hit several because there's lots of tax changes that have come down the pike over the past couple of years. Um, so there's several things that we've hit, and there's even a couple that you need to be considering making changes on for 2022. So Kevin, what what else? We haven't hit IRA and Roth IRA contributions. Right. Well, again, this is where you want to do planning looking back and looking forward. So looking back, you say where is my where am I coming in as far as my return? If I'm owing a bunch, what what would that be attributed to? If I'm getting a big refund, what would that be attributed to? Because you, hopefully you've got some sort of sense for what to expect. If you're working with your certified financial planner, you would have done a tax projection back in the October, November timeframe, and you would have done all of the tax planning that could be done for 21 in 21 in, in, a, in a perfect world. Some folks wanted to see where the returns are coming in in 22 for 21 and then making the decision well do i fund this or do i adjust this but there's still daylight if you want to fund if you're if you're self-employed and all by yourself you can fund a sep ira mm -hmm. um, you can possibly fund a traditional deductible IRA. Again, if I'm trying to reduce my taxable income, that if you're self-employed, that doesn't help you with your self-employment tax, but it definitely helps you with your federal and state income tax that you would owe. Well, one of the reasons why you might have wanted to fund an IRA or Roth IRA uh, during the year, but you've waited, is a scenario we've talked about before on the Wise Money Show. And Kevin, you just had an example from some newer folks where their income, they got a bonus that they hadn't been expecting and they got a raise they hadn't been expecting. And then all of a sudden they look and it's, uh, oh, we're now making our incomes above the limit and we're not able to contribute to a Roth IRA. And so some people have been proactively aware of that. I think this individual that you're talking about, Kevin, heard about that on, on, on the show here and said, oh, wait, I should check that. And yeah, it was true. And so you might need to see, well, where's my adjusted gross income coming in? And am I even eligible for this? 
Because the weird thing with IRA contributions, Roth IRA contributions, is it's not, well, what's your earned income. It's also not what's your gross earned income. It's like, it's the it's a different number. It's called your adjusted gross income. So yeah, dividends, yep, they count. Capital gains, yep, that counts. Unemployment income, yep, that counts. Um, Pre-tax 401k savings, actually that reduces that, right? So there's a lot of moving pieces. And if you're close to that level of being able to uh, fully fund a Roth IRA or not, you might have held off until right now. You've got up until the tax filing deadline, which if they don't change it, I believe April 18th is the number we're still, or the age date we're still going with this year. So um, anything else? I, so the, um, oh yeah. So you mentioned tax planning, Kevin, that just jogged my memory. Mm-hmm. I often tell people tax plan, you do tax planning for two things. Number one, avoid surprises. If you're getting a surprise right now, hopefully it was truly unavoidable. You wouldn't have been able to see this or anticipate it in September, October, November, hopefully. Okay. If so, like our financial advisors don't like delivering bad tax news, but I'd rather deliver it to you in October where you can plan ahead for it than have you find out in March. So tax mm-hmm. planning should be avoid surprises. But then the second is cap- identify and capture tax planning opportunities. So, all right. That's for before you filed this this tax uh, return. There's also some action you might want to consider taking right now to improve your 2022 tax return. Are you going? Are you receiving any tax credits in 2021 that you know you won't be getting in 2022? Mm-hmm. They so far, so far, they have not passed the extension to the advanced child tax credit. That Mm -hmm. means those credits are going to be going back down to these uh, lower levels. Honestly, guys, I cannot remember if they made that change to child independent care credit. I I honestly cannot remember as of this point if that was a one and done year or it's extended. My hunch is it's one and done. I could be wrong. And they've got to extend extend those new tax rules. But the build back better or whatever proposal they're on right now, uh, you know, it's having a hard time getting figured out. Yeah, and I I would look at what is changing. We did a show on the various ages, uh, what changes in your financial life. I think 50 is a big one because if this year you're turning 50 at any point in time throughout the year, the bucket that you can save money into just got bigger for your retirement plans. And so I, I would think about adjusting that. I would think about adjusting my withholdings if I'm if I'm getting a, a, a meaningful refund, I would adjust them down. If I'm owing a lot, I would uh, figure out, do I start paying estimates? I'm not a fan of estimates. Or can I get my taxes paid via withholding? If I own a business, can I do it via a special one-time payroll at the end of the year? But what what's my strategy for getting things my taxes paid. The other, if you're retired or nearing retirement or going to retire this year, doing tax planning so that you're aware of how those decisions will impact your 2022 return is significantly important. You know, anytime you change employers, your employer changes payroll providers, or when you, you know, uh, uh, retire, uh, even semi-retire, those are huge changes in your taxes. And you might think, and you know, those are big changes in life. So you might be distracted by that or focused on that. Yeah, focus is a better word. Um, but it has huge tax planning implications. You got to work with your CFP on that. I'm thinking right now, well, did you start Social Security? 
Did you have a partial year of Social Security last year? You're going to have a full year this year. Depending on your other income, that's going to influence how much of your Social Security lands on your tax return. And you might not be withholding taxes on your Social Security. You might not have even known it was taxable or that you could withhold taxes on it. So doing tax planning right now, working with the CFP to say, hey, here's sort of my situation. What am I looking at for 2022? What adjustments should I make now where it's less painful? Because it's February, it's March, it's spring. We've got a lot of the year left. Yeah, if you if you think you're going to retire in 2022, for sure be sitting down with your certified financial planner because you might be retiring in July and it might make sense to put 100% of your paycheck into your 401k until it's max funded. And so, and you can't do that in June. So I would say get to your get to your planner uh, right away and figure out okay if this if I've got a meaningful life change coming up this year, how do I respond? Yeah, is that an exhaustive list? Uh, you might feel exhausted. It's a lot. Taxes are heavy, right? Uh, but no, there's a lot of other ideas. Your certified financial planner should be delivering clarity and confidence about your financial plan, where you're at, and where you are in relation to your goals, what you need to be doing. But then creativity, that's the other C, okay? Creativity, How is, are you doing everything that you could do to get from where you are to where you wanna be as quickly as possible? And Kevin always says, I think he this is like an uh, evidence of one-upsmanship, um, those three Cs should lead to a fourth C, and that is comfort, no, calm, calm, right? Yeah. Uh, Having confidence, clarity and confidence in your financial life, getting creativity from your certified financial planner, I would agree. That should create calm. Yeah. Yeah. And a fifth C is on its way. (laughs) Okay. Now that I've finally embraced it, he's going to one-up again. All right. We got a few questions here. Great one from James is tied right into uh, the topic of today's show and says, hey, if your income for the year is zero, and I like this. Thanks, James. Zero point zero dollars. Um, so if it's nothing, but you're married filing jointly, and then you do a $25,000 Roth conversion, does that mean your taxes are going to be zero because of the $25,000 standard deduction? Now, for those of you that are not James and thinking, what? How, how is this possible? I'll tell you how it's possible. You have saved up a whole bunch throughout your working life, and it's all in a Roth IRA. And that's it. And you're not drawing Social Security. You've delayed. And so, yeah, you have zero income. Um, What about you are living off of your savings account? Yeah, you have zero income. And you might want to do that so that your health insurance is extremely cheap. What if you're in retirement and you're drawing Social Security, but you're also supplementing that with withdrawals out of the bank? None of your Social Security is going to show up on your tax return. Your income is zero. Okay. Now, if you married filing jointly, you do that $25,000 Roth conversion, Kevin, does that mean the standard deduction will wipe that out and your tax will be zero? Well, if you're, I, so we're assuming that James is married because yep. he's talking about a $25,000 standard deduction. James, check that out for 2022 because that number is going up. Um, but uh, your federal tax. Should be zero. Yeah, I mean, should be zero. But here's for every gimme, there's a gotcha. So what are you what are you looking out for here, Mikey B? You're looking out for well, number one, state tax. Yes, if you, if you that's the killer because if you're expecting zero tax, and what I would encourage you to think about, James, is don't 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 do that. You we're assuming from your question that you're 
uh, married. So you can pay 0% federal on 25000 but you can then do another twenty beyond that at the 10% tax bracket. Mm-hmm. So I would think in terms of doing a $45,000 Roth conversion, and again, a Roth conversion, I'm taking IRA, traditional IRA money that I've never paid taxes on and moving it to the Roth IRA. When I do that, there that's when the tax event happens, and then that money grows tax-free forever. But states, if your state taxes, if you have state tax, and if your state taxes retirement benefits, which many do, um, there's not a big standard deduction on the state side. And so you'll need to be aware of that. The second gotcha is if you're drawing Social Security. Because, James, if you're asking this question that, hey, we're living on Social Security and then a little bit in the bank, and therefore our income is zero every year, should I just do this? Well, the Roth conversion, that's going to go into the equation as to how much of your Social Security is included as taxable. And you can convert some dollars and still have none of your Social Security taxable, and then there's this tiny little window where it starts pulling some of your Social Security over, some, 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 and then most of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And so you've got to be planful of that. And uh, but but yes, without those wild cards, which I'm certain exist, um, doing a twenty five thousand dollar Roth conversion can be completely offset by your standard deduction. But be aware of those gotchas. Mm-hmm. And then depending on what's in your pre-tax IRA, you might want to stage this out, do a multi-year tax projection to see, well, how many years of conversions can I do before I'm done with RMDs forever? So that's why we always stress comprehensive approach to your financial plan. Great question, James. That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Kevin Corhorn, myself, and all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated. For 2022, that's $7,600, okay? Oh my goodness. No, it's not. It's $7,300. <laughs> okay. Okay.